Welcome to episode 7 of Boxing Royalty. I'm your host, Umar Ahmed, and I'm joined, as always, by Oscar Bevis. Today's episode is going to be slightly different. It's an end-of-year sort of assessment and a, a slight preview of what's to come in 2019. So it's just going to be the usual fight of the year, training of the year, knockout of the year, fight of the year, etc. Me and Oscar are just going to debate through what we think the best one in each category is and then yeah as I said we'll look forward to what's coming up this year so we'll start with fighter of the year which is probably the easiest one to decide um, I'm going to go for Alexander Ruzik simply because he's become an undisputed champion unified all the belts and he did that so by going to every fighter's backyard um, which I just think adds value to, to each win. And they were all world-class wins as well. And then obviously he capped off the year by knocking out uh, Tony Bellew again on the road. So I'm pretty sure you'll agree on this one, Oscar, but anyone else you'd like to throw in there for the year? Um, no, nah, I would have to agree. Um, like you said, they're all wins on the road and they're tough wins as well when you're a world champion. There's not many, there's not really any easy wins. Uh, but there is fights that are easier than others, and he hasn't had one of them. So, um, And to top it off the year for him, not just winning the Super Series in uh, July or August, whenever it was, but to then take that step to becoming like a, on a British pay-per-view. It's always massive for a fighter. See, so it has to be Usyk for me. I mean, there are other names. It depends. A lot of people have obviously... You know, I've seen people go down the Fury route simply because of the thing as a whole. But if we're talking about fighter and achievement-wise, I think it'd be mad to look beyond Usyk. There's a couple of British names you could chuck in, but I'm sure we're going to talk about British Fighter of the Year and they'll be up for them. So I think there really is no debate for this one. So it's got to be Usyk. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously it wasn't uh, in 2018, but he got that good win over against, uh, against Marco Hook at the end of 2017. And then off that, three massive wins uh, in 2018. Bradis... Gassiev, and then obviously, as I said, Bellew at the end. And uh, you got to remember, for the, especially for the Gassiev fight, it was, it was 50-50 with, with people, really. Um, Gassiev, obviously, huge puncher, and a lot, a lot of people were giving him a chance in that World Super Series final. And uh, the, obviously, the Braders fight was a really good fight, really entertaining. Probably Usyk's uh, hardest fight to date, but for me, he still won that comfortably. It was given as a majority decision, I'm correct in saying that. I think it was, anyways. Um, but yeah, the fact that he did all those things, uh, all those great wins on the road, I just think, as I said before, add, adds to each win and uh, cements himself as top three pound for pound for me in the world. If not, could make a case for him being number one, I suppose. And uh, probably the best cruiserweight in history, bar Holyfield. And who knows if he does go up to heavyweight and achieves great things again at that weight, he could surpass Holyfield. Um, right, let's move on to trainer of the year. For me, I'm going to actually throw in Sean O'Hagan. I haven't really heard this one mentioned. Uh, this is obviously Josh Warrington's trainer. Brilliant year for Josh Warrington. We'll come on to him in a bit. Wins over Selby and, and Frampton, but Credit to, I think it's got to be given to, to the man in his corner as well. Um, 
I'm pretty sure you're going to have a different candidate for this one, Oscar. Yeah, so I would say Anatoly, Anatoly Lomachenko. I got that right. Well said. <laughs> um, I think it's not just about the way you can get fighters to fight or the win, sorry. It's about how you can get the fighters to fight and the style. And I think that's what you get when you look at the Ukrainians. Um, you know, if we're talking about a fighter of the year in Usyk, you're always going to have a trainer of the year involved in that person's, a trainer of the year candidate involved in that fighter of the year, for example. And obviously you look at Lomachenko as well. You could have argued him for fighter of the year. Possibly not a strong case considering how Usyk's done, but... To have two, not just world-class, but monumental, pound-for-pound best fighters in the sport under your belt, you know, you, with the years they've had, that's almost a no-brainer. Shane McGuigan, possibly, would be a shout, simply because of he's taken Josh Taylor to the next level with the win over Postal and then uh, the start to the Super Series. But I think you've got bigger things to see uh, in 2019 from Josh, so... You know, he could be a candidate for next year if things go as many are expecting and he goes on to win the Super Series. Um, O'Hagan's a good shout. Again, it depends if we're going to do a British training here. But I think for Weld, I'd have to stick with Anatoly Lomachenko. Yeah, of course, he won Ring Magazine Trainer of the Year. And yeah, that's probably a fair shout with the year he's had with Loma. I guess Ben Davison could be thrown in there simply because of the whole job he's had to do with Tyson in terms of getting him in sort of the right frame of mind and, and losing all that weight correctly. But, I've, yeah, I think I think Loma's trainer is a fair shout. And, as I said, I, I thought Sean Hagen, for me, he, he nicks it, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, who else would you sort of see up there? I'm trying to think. Shane McGuigan, again, that's a decent shout because of Josh Taylor. Can't really think of anyone else. Um, I mean, I've seen... Obviously, it's a thing that's been quite debated a lot, like you said, with the Ring Magazine Awards. Some people have said Joe Gallagher, but purely based on the Callum Smith. Callum Smith, yeah. So if you're going to base it off of one fight, which Callum Smith's had, then I struggle to do trainer of the year or fighter of the year based on a fight. That's what, yeah, I like it as a whole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, that, that yeah that is a good point. Just if you're going off one fight, it, it's probably not as justifiable as someone who's been involved in two or three you know big wins or substantial moments. Uh, I mean, there's but, potential when you look at Gallagher for if you're talking about not a calendar year over the span of a year. If he lands a big fight, for example, he lands a Golovkin fight, which people are talking about, and wins then over the span of a year for him to be the best trainer, potentially. But for a calendar year, I don't think you can choose him in one fight. No, yeah, I agree with that. It's the same thing with Tyson Fury, I suppose. Saying he, he was fighter of the year. It's only going off one fight. So, yeah, I, I like it when, there's, as I said, when there's two or three fights to go off within the year. Anyways, my uh, trainer of the year shout leads us on nicely to the UK fight of the year. I think, again, we're going to agree on this one. It's got to be Josh Warrington. Yeah, Josh Warrington for me. 
uh, we were talking about last uh, the last episode, obviously the reviewing Warrington and Frampton, and we quickly just went over Frampton how over the whole year has had two wins which he wasn't expected to have won at the time. And if I think if you were to say at the start of the year how he'd end the year, people would have called you mad. You know, it's, it's easy to say that he wasn't the favourite in some people's eyes for the Frampton fight beforehand. But let's skip to the start of the year and tell you he's going to beat Selby and then Frampton as a two. You know, shocking people not once but twice, I think. That is pretty unarguable. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones you could argue. Not for me, there's not. Um, Josh Taylor? I think because I said McGuigan, then I'd have to I'd have to back it up by saying Josh Taylor. But I think when I look at Warrington, the size of the achievement, I think he's made a bigger leap than Taylor from where he's come to, from where he's in. People are talking about, you know, him being the best in the division. Whereas Taylor, there's still question marks until he fights, you know, for the world title in the semi-final or possibly pro-grade, which people are talking about in the final. So I think Warrington simply because of the leap that he's made. Yeah, I don't think there's much room for debate uh, for that one in terms of Josh Warrington. Two world-class wins. And uh, I think he's one win away from putting himself top 10, definitely, uh, if not top five, pound for pound, if he gets that win over either Valdez or Santa Cruz uh, over in the States. And then he's got to be considered one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, now that leads us on to KO of the year. I'm going to go for Inoue uh, v Payana. Uh, have you got any other shouts? I've seen that one sort of suggested by a lot of people as well. You're joking me because that's what I had. That's what I had done. I'd written it yeah. down before, and that's what I had. Um, depends what sort of knockout you're looking for, obviously, because it's so hard to judge knockouts. I always said this, you know, you get the sick, and it's like for me, Belly Us, it was such a. I didn't like to see Bellew get knocked out like that, but it's such a sickening knockout that it's always going to be up for something like knockout of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Gassiev Dorticus produced a yep. quality knockout. Um, but I can't think of any other better than Inoue. It's that sort of that dipping in and out one punch and it's the shock as well because it's so early on. It's not like they were slugging it out and someone's going to get the knockout. I think it's the shock of the knockout which makes it even better. Yeah, it was very spiteful as well. Uh, Wilder against Ortiz? Yeah, I mean, I've been quite vocal in saying that I think you know, the fight could have been stopped for Wilder. So when you look at the fight as a whole for him to come back and then produce that knockout, because mm. it could have been stopped in the seventh of that fight. So when you look at for him to get that power back and stop Ortiz, who's tough, who's very tough, you can tell that he can take shots. So... um yeah, that's a good shout. I guess Dylan White's one over Lucas Brown could be thrown up there, but you could always see that sort of come in with the, with the way the fight was panning out. Yeah, as soon as they stepped in the ring together, I think you could tell White was just that class above Brown. Mm. Um, I remember it wasn't the biggest fight of the year, but Kid Galahad had an absolute sickener of a knockout earlier in the year. I'm not sure who he was fighting, though. I can't remember. Oh, I do rem- I do recall that, actually. Who was that against? Uh, I do remember that. That's just popped into my head. Um, 
Who's that against? I might have to look that one up because I cannot think who that's against. You could argue Smith for the knockout, actually. I think he was a South American. Was he a South? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he might be right there. What show was that on? Um, yeah, it was, was I it? think it was on the Cal Brook show. Was it the Cal Brook Rabachenko show? Brook Rabachenko show, yeah. Yeah, but who was he fighting? I can't. No idea. Yeah, anyways, I don't think <laughs> couldn't have been anyone yeah. of, of huge note. Of but yeah, note, I do yeah. remember yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, for me it'd have to be a new age one. Yeah, I have to go with a new age as well. Okay, okay. Best comeback win in twenty eighteen. I'm going for Maurice Hooker v Sosado. Did you watch that fight? I did, yeah. Mm, uh, Maurice Hooker's that. surprised a lot of people actually, isn't he? Because mm. You know, to come over and do Terry Flanagan in England is a, is a good win and a good win on a resume as well. Um, there was a lot. I mean, I remember before there's a lot of people expecting him to win that fight. So for him to then actually go and do it and then produce and those of her and so there's big things coming from him, I imagine. So yeah, that's um, when you're talking comeback. I take it you mean coming back from behind. Yeah, yeah, within the actual fight. Not in terms of, like, a journey. Um, uh, yeah, because I was going to say, if it was a journey, it'd have to be Tyson. But I'm, I could say, you could say Dillian White, although I didn't think he, the scorecards were correct. Uh, oh, in the finish is Losing that fight would have done to his career. And now the knockout, the two endings are complete, like, the complete different ends of the scale. Mm. You know, people would be ruling him out of a world title completely, I think, if he'd have lost out on points. So then him being the main name for April the 13th. I guess you could argue Chisora against Takam as well. Yeah, I mean, Chisora wasn't actually doing well in that fight. No, he was getting he was, battered. Yeah. yeah. There's a few times that looked like that could have been stopped, so you could say Chisora, yeah. Okay, let's go on to fight of the year. And I've actually gone for Chisora Takam. Uh, I might be a little biased because I was there. It's probably the best fight I've seen live. So I'm going for that. Are you as well, or you got something different? No, I was going to start by saying Gassiev Dorticus. Yeah, brilliant fight. One of the best cruiserweight uh, fights I've seen. Absolute brawl. Um, I'm struggling to think of any that are as action-packed, you know, because I know I'm one who, if you're going to talk about a good fight, I like it to there to be a bit of a slog in a way where they're both going for it both going hell for leather um, there was a fight actually which I didn't watch at the time which uh, when people are talking about fight of the year come up a lot it was Sho Kimura against Kosai oh, Tanaka yeah, and I, I actually watched one, yeah. it so just saying if anyone just watch it if you can what a fight that is what yeah, a I've fight heard, I've heard it. loads of things about that and still seeing yeah, it definitely but... watch that only because I was Obviously, when people were talking about the ring magazine the other day, unbelievable fight. So, watch out if you can, but I can't put it down simply because I didn't watch it live. I feel like you've got to experience the fight in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'd probably have to say Gassi of Dorticus. What about Callum Smith Groves? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it probably stopped too, uh, stopped. Not stopped too early in terms of, I feel like the fight of the year perhaps has to maybe go all the way or like a knockout with 
in the 12th round or something. You know, like a good 10, 11 rounds of boxing. But it was a, it was a good fight. I mean, they they were both throwing. They weren't scared to throw. I mean, it's a strange fight as well, with the whole Saudi Arabia thing. But you could probably argue for British fight of the year, but I'm not sure for world fight of the year, perhaps. I guess British fight of the year, you could, you'd have to say uh, Frampton Warrington. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd have to go with that actually. Wow, I say that, but then I just thought uh, Johnny Garton be Gary Corcoran. That could easily be fight of the year, let alone unbelievable fight. fight, Yeah, yeah. When you see fights like that, they're never going to get that recognition on a higher stage, are they? No. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of small hall show crackers this year. I think the way that people. When you watch, you know, obviously IFL do a lot of streaming of small hall shows now. People know they've got that opportunity where if they put performances in of note and they have these cracking fights, people are likely to take notes. I think that's why we're seeing a lot more better fights on perhaps smaller shows. But if you're talking fight of the year, obviously I'm going to have to stick with a big fight like Gassi Abdul. That's fair enough. I'll probably just edge Shizor Atakam over. Corker and Garden, but I guess there's so many of contention means sort of how how good a year it's been for boxing uh, in 2018. Um, British fight of the year, I'd have to go Corker and Garden. I guess as we said, Frampton Warrington would be the other one up there. Yeah. I think because it's fresh in the mind as well, it's quite hard to argue with Frampton Warrington. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Garton Corcoran personally. I think that was British Fight of the Year. So I should have I should have wrote down a couple more when I was thinking about this because <laughs> I've literally only just maybe because it is fresh in the memory. That's why I've gone, but I've gone Frampton Warrington. Fair enough, fair enough. Just back to knockout the year. Not, we're not going for Mayweather, are we? <laughs> um, we're making the kid cry. <laughs> oh, that was that was a joke. Did you watch it? Yeah, on Twitter, not live, but yeah. It I, was oh, yeah, strange, I didn't have much interest in it. The thing is, I, I'm a bit ashamed to say that I did. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I was always going to watch it. <laughs> well, it's Mayweather, so I suppose yeah, I suppose you got a kind of. But I, I, there was hardly any build up for it as well. Like, there's only the last sort of couple of days before the 31st where I actually saw things being said about the fight otherwise I'd completely forgotten about it to be honest I, it must have been big over there because they, I think it's yeah, 45,000 people or something well, like 40,000 people that is a lot he didn't even throw that. a punch though did he uh, you can call it a punch no <laughs> well but, Mayweather must have had a, a decent New Year's Eve yeah not quite punch of the year <laughs> nah uh, punch of the year a punch of the year that's a, yeah that's a good thing to do Dave Allen v Nick Webb well, yeah, nowhere yeah because if you're going to talk about a punch it's probably going to have to be a punch where you are pulling out of nowhere like just exactly. attack, like Dave Allen Nick Webb um, I guess in a way you could give that as well yeah because I suppose the knockout of the year is punch of the year isn't it it's, yeah it'd be closely but related I remember saying at the time Usyk Belly that uh, the right to the chin before the left you know, a punch that sets up a knockout mm. I, was a big, I was a big fan of that but yeah I suppose punch of the year is knockout of the year isn't it I guess so I guess so 
Well, is there anything else to sort of recap from the year? Best show of the year? You know what? I've, got to get, I've put this sort of Chisora I keep saying it, but the show that Chisora Takam was on, uh, White Parker, I remember you obviously had White Parker, which was a brilliant fight. You had Chisora Takam, Dave Allen, uh, knockout of Nick Webb. I'd have to probably go with that. In terms of a whole card, what about you? Yeah, I was literally going to say the exact same thing. That was a monumental card. That was in it, White Parker. I, f- I think with it being not expected to be a great pay-per-view, some people saying it shouldn't have even been on pay-per-view. And then the way it sort of panned out during the whole show with great, fast, great fight after sort of great fight, it sort of, whether you watched on TV or on the O2, you sort of were left with sort of uh, amazement, just, just the fact that it, you felt it should have been a Saturday night regular Sky show. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what, that makes sense. Um, I mean, a lot of the cards I was thinking that we've seen from America broadcast over here this year have been ones where they've been looking at purely the main event. Mm. So it's probably going to have to be an English card. The ones you're getting from Europe and America, yeah, it's, it's mainly focused on the main event. There's not much money invested into the cards. Yeah. So, yeah... It, when you're doing show of the year, it's probably generally going to be from the UK. I guess Frampton Warrington, again, I know we might be saying that because it's fresh in our minds, but if you look throughout the fights throughout that, I guess that could be another one to be put up there. Yeah, I mean, that that was a good show. Just a generally good night of boxing, wasn't it? Um, I think it would have to be White Parker, you know, the fact that, you know, we can think about other ones, but the fact that that's the one that we both go straight to, it'd be, disservice for that not to be the show of the year yep I'm going for White Park as well round of the year I'm going for round 12 of World of Fury yeah has to be doesn't it I mean the fact that Fury come back and you know people saying oh Fury this is Fury a minute later and he's taunting him Fury hurt him a minute later he didn't just taunt him he hurt him so yeah that was unbelievable um, in terms of the shock factor, Frampton were in round one again. I know it feels like that's what we're saying, but uh, yeah, I'd agree with those. I'd agree with those. Yeah, purely I'm going because with round two of Wilder Fury because the fact that the way he got put down, the way he got up, and then the fact that he nearly knocked him out himself in the showboating. I think you have to give it to that, and it was just the last round, so it adds a bit to the to the drama of it. So, yeah, I think, again, that's a pretty easy one to decide upon. Yeah, uh, what about sort of uh, event of the year outside of boxing? So, like, a big thing that's happened outside of the ring. Oh, um, in terms of, like, a breaking news sort of thing. Yeah, breaking news, you know, because I was thinking about this and I thought probably the whole zone thing. That shook boxing up massively, something like that, or yeah, I guess. And but I was going to say HBO leaving boxing, but I guess that oh, sort yeah. of came. I don't know if was it linked to the zone coming into the market. I, I suppose it could be argued it was, but I'd go with HBO leaving leaving boxing. I think that was probably the biggest story from the year. Yeah, it's, it was probably going to be something to do with 
to zone in the market. But yeah, the stories you see surrounding the TV, the stations and the different TV deals and countries and whatever has played a massive part. So I think it's got to be something evolving around them. Or maybe Canelo uh, with the uh, failed drugs test. Yeah, the Mexican meat. Yeah, simply yeah, because he's the biggest name in boxing, I guess. I guess that yeah. could be up there as well. But probably, do, yeah, I, I guess all three, disown the HBO thing and, and Canelo. They're the ones that come to mind, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, seems to be quite a few negative out of the ring boxing story in terms of failed drugs tests, etc. But I think a lot of people have been shining lights also on when you saw what's happened to Stevenson. Out of, the ring of course, of, yeah. Not saying in terms of that being a massive event, in a, obviously it's not a positive way, but in terms of it being massive in terms of how it shakes sort of a boxing world up when you see someone get hurt like that and the extent of it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what his condition is now. I think he's out of hospital, isn't he? As far as I know. I'm sure his family said that he's talking or things like that, but... I'm, not 100% but mm. there's something like that as well outside the ring always massive news in it I think there's been loads of news stories this year I just can't think of any of something my head there's been too many in terms of who, who's made a sort of a big shock announcement of leaving a train or something um, I can't think if there has been any no, and there's been yeah. people leaving trainers, but not ones that sort of like put people on notice. I guess Cal Brook seems like he's he's completely done with Dominic Ingle. I don't think that was a huge, huge story in terms of globally, but I guess for the UK it was. There's a bit of a shock. Mm. I found that actually Cal Brook <laughs> as approach. I, I can't really say it on it, but it was quite it was quite a shock. Uh, a trainer recently told me that Cal Brook approached them. But he had to decline. But yeah, I can tell you that off, off air. <laughs> that's a that's a boxing royalty exclusive. <laughs> oh yeah, unfortunately, Kelbrook approached that. a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the title of the, of the podcast. There, I can't I can't say who, but Kelbrook approaches who? <laughs> people can have their guess. Right, I think that's it for twenty eighteen. Uh, we are in twenty nineteen now, so should we leave it at that? And uh, move on to what we expect for this year. Obviously, we know a couple of big fights that are official. Pacquiao Brona, which is going to be on ITV. And Spence Garcia. Probably the, going to be one of the biggest fights of the year. Still sort of waiting on an opponent for Canelo. So we can start with that, actually. Who would you like him to box? Rumours of the third fight with Golovkin happening, rumours of Jacobs. Which one would you prefer? I prefer Jacobs. I think although Golovkin probably produces the better fight, I almost feel like it's done and it's drained people now. You know, it'd still be a massive fight and we're still all start to watch it. But as in like, not in the way that I feel sorry for Golovkin, but after the controversy and the judging in the first one, for it to then go on again and the potential for know them to go through a massive war again you know they've done it twice and it was two brilliant fights 
is there really a need for a third one? Because I think they both leave with still two of the biggest names, not just in the division, in well in the world, in world boxing. So, you know, as much as it's a good fight, I'd like to see Jacobs because I think that could be a really interesting fight. And believe it or not, I think Jacobs has quite a good chance in that fight, more than I think a lot of people would give him, especially after you see the way he negotiated Golovkin. It was clever. So I think there's potential for him to, I'd say, put up a really good fight. Might be doing a disservice, but no, to shock people and take something from Canelo. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather see the Jacobs fight. It's, but the Golovkin thing, he's not going to get the decision against Canelo. I mean, Lara, I thought, clearly won that fight against Canelo. He didn't get it. And the only people that can sort of slightly sort of have a chance of getting a decision are pure out-and-out boxers, i.e. Lara, Billy Joe Saunders. And then even even then, if you do beat Canelo pretty convincingly, you're still probably not going to get the decision. Some like Golovkin, he's not going to outbox Canelo really convincingly. Um, in the first fight, I thought he won 116-112, which, which is a decent margin. But as I said, you're just not going to get the decision against Canelo. So I think the only reason for Golovkin to take that, that third fight is just financially. Because I, I think at this stage of his career, I, I don't think he's going to knock Canelo out. So I just don't see how he wins. So the only reason to take that fight is purely down to, to sort of money. And the fact that I don't know what else Golovkin really does. I guess there's the, the Callum Smith fight, which you could put on Sky pay-per-view. But there's more money in that Canelo fight. So, yeah, I'd like to see the Jacobs fight over uh, the Golovkin trilogy. Can we say Jamal Charlo, maybe? Yeah. I just think... He didn't look great last time out, though. No, he didn't. Uh, that's not going to help matters. I don't think he would get that fight anyways. But with that performance, definitely not now. I think Jacobs ahead in the queue, um, being, being world champion... I don't think they want to go near Andrade and Billy Joe. I, I, I really don't. Um, I think eventually they might have to if they if they keep beating everyone else. But I think they want to avoid Billy Joe and Andrade simply because of their styles for as long as possible. But yeah, mentioning Billy Joe, Billy Joe and Andrade, that's that's a fight that I do want to see next year. And hoping Billy Joe can get that WBO belt back. I think he's got a really good chance against Andrade as well. Yeah, I was literally, I was going to say, uh, actually, I'd rather they left sort of Andrade until it's possible for him to fight Billy Joe and resolve that issue. Not an issue, but I still feel like, you know, that was building up to be a pretty cracking fight. So I think let that be, let them fight. Because um, obviously Andrade's just picked up the world title so I don't think there's any rush for me to jump in with Canelo No definitely not Andrade's fighting Akavov who obviously Billy Joe fought before and then hopefully the WBO will make him mandatory after the Akavov fight but yeah it's, it, it's definitely a good division the middleweight division obviously Golovkin might be leaving it if he goes up to 168, and we still don't know what is going on with Canelo, uh, whether he stays at 168, 
or moves back down to 160, but I think it's likely he'll move uh, back down to middleweight. And uh, have that unification fight with Jacobs because they've got a date and venue booked, but no opponent yet. And it's obviously uh, in Vegas, so I can't, I can't see Callum Smith going over yet. I think they'll want to box him at Anfield on a pay-per-view here first before they take him out there. So my guess would be Jacobs, which, yeah, is probably the the fight I want to see next for Canelo. In terms of other divisions, obviously we've got Lomachenko v. Crawler. That's going to happen. Uh, I'd like to see Warrington. Try and unify. Yes, he's got to go to the States and uh, try and get that Valdez or Santa Cruz fight. Because I think I don't think Santa Cruz can, has got the power to not warrant it out. So I think it's all going to come down to boxing skill and work rate. So I think it works in Warrington's favour. The America thing is obviously a bit annoying with the whole because people, you know, don't need to go through the judging scorecard situation. But you know, I think there's potential for Warrington to actually go over there and win. Hundred percent. I'd never back against Josh Warrington now. Uh, after two wins last year, incredible wins, and uh, yeah, why would you why would you back against him now? Um, heavyweight division, the fight I'd love to see next is Joshua Fury. I don't think it'll happen next, but that's the one I'd like to see. I think the most likely case is that you'll have the two rematches of Joshua White and Wilder Fury, and then hopefully the winner. Uh, the winners, I should say, can box each other. Uh, I guess that's the scenario you want as well. Yeah, ideally. I mean, you know, ideally it would be Joshua beats Wilder perhaps and then it ends up on the 13th and it ends up in facing Fury. As long as it ends up with them two fighting, that's mainly what I want. But I'm just thinking, uh, staying with the heavyweights, seeing Usyk fight at heavyweight is obviously something we're likely to see. So I'm hoping it can be someone of note uh, whether he takes fights this year to build himself up. But I can't see that because of how good he is. And obviously, you know, he'll believe in himself. But I'd like to see the Povetkin fight. That's a fight I'd love to see. Usyk Povetkin. Yeah, um, yeah, that's obviously got the Russia-Ukrainian thing as well. And by no means the biggest heavyweight Povetkin, so it's a good start for his tough start. Top five heavyweight in the world, Povetkin. I don't know whether they'll jump in with him straight away unless they're supremely confident. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that for Uzik, and if he can beat Povetkin, then well, that's a massive statement. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to this year is actually how Uzik does at heavyweight. Right, let's do five fights we'd like to see this year. So I will go with Warren and Valdez, Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, Joshua Fury, Lomachenko, Mikey Garcia, and then a fifth one. Golovkin, Callum Smith. That will be my top five. I'm going to say Warrington, Santa Cruz, simply because I think he's got. A, I think he beats Santa Cruz. Uh, Joshua Wilder, because I just want to see all the belts. 
and I think it will work in Joshua's favour and see all the belts of a British fighter. Um, I'm going to be a bit boring and say Brooke Khan. I know I'm pretty bored of talking about it, but I still want to see it, being honest. Um, I want to see Bivol Gavodzic. Oh, brilliant fight. That is a great fight, to be fair. But I'm not sure. I don't know if... I'm just saying because they're both from Ukraine, but I'm not sure. Because they all seem to be quite tight, the Ukrainians, if they know each other well. But that would be a cracking fight. No, Bivol's from uh, Russia. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Well, I think he's from Ukraine. What am I doing there? <laughs> nah, he's Russian. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then you got a Russia-Ukraine thing, then, didn't you? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm going to say... I don't really want to know because it depends who wins out of Spence Garcia. You say Lomachenko, but I'd like to see Keith Furman, Errol Spence, maybe. Yeah. But then I think Furman would need a fight sort of in line with Spence Garcia. Then if Spence wins and Furman both win, I'd like to see that at the back end of 2019. I think that would be a good fight. Yeah, I guess the most realistic case in that picture is the winners of Crawford and Khan fighting Spence after that and then I guess the winner of that will fight Furman because I don't think Furman I think Furman will have sort of two sort of sort of comeback opponents if you like and then fight the man who's sort of got all all the belts at at, well wait yeah I think well you've got Sean Port in the mix as well but yeah I think the most likely case is is the winner of Crawford Khan to fight Spence and I think that'll be Crawford and then uh I think Crawford Spence is probably the best fight in boxing for me. No, it's hard to argue with that. Hey, you said Smith Golovkin, you know, and I didn't say that, but you can't not want to see that fight. You know, a Brit taking on one of the biggest names in boxing. Uh, that would be a cracking night if it's at Anfield as well. Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah. An early start, like five o'clock, massive undercard. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Definitely. Hopefully all them fights come off. I'm not sure if, if that's realistic, but with the way boxing is going at the moment, who knows? Anyways, that is it for this week, our first show of 2019. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and thank you to Oscar for your time. Cheers, mate. Make sure to tune into episode eight and uh, follow us on Twitter, Box Roll Pod. Make sure to follow us on SoundCloud too. Signing out. Thank you very much.